I, I currently use my PSP as my MP3 player. I recently bought a new PSP. Actually, uh... Despite the fact I have a Vita and a 3DS, I bought a new PSP. I was going to say is, uh, I have been considering getting the Vita because it looks like it is easy to develop for it, like things that oh, I've been reading. It, in terms of as an actual system, it is a beautiful system. Yeah. And it feels really good in your hands, and visually, games on it look wonderful, and it sounds really good. I don't know what it's like to develop for, but to get your own music or pictures or videos on it is a headache, hmm. because you have to plug it into your computer and run Sony's own software to transfer the things onto it, because Sony was so freaked out after how easily people hacked the PSP. Well, I mean, I guess I guess the thing is, is like when I read about it and they were like, yeah, you have to like run this special like thing in your uh, development software and then like port it over here and do a converter and then upload it to the thing. I'm like, well, that's not too much different from the runaround you had to do for Xbox. So like mm. for development, it sounds like I have to do about as much work as what you're saying I had to do to get music or video. Mm. Well, if, if you develop for PlayStation Minis, then you immediately have support on PS3, PSP, and PS Vita. And if you develop for PlayStation Mobile, you automatically have support on Vita. Yeah, I think that's what I was reading about was uh, PlayStation Mobile. They were saying uh, it was like free to develop for Vita or something. Because mm. uh, mobile, you could just port straight to Vita and it would work. When when you go on the App Store on the PlayStation Vita, there's just a tab that says PlayStation Mobile, and if you press that one, just immediately everything PlayStation Mobile shows up. So yeah, I mean you got full support for it on that platform. As for developing for Vita itself, I'm not so sure. I th I think you have to be like a a big name developer and actually have permission to develop for it. I think yeah, like I mean. From what I've heard or what they were saying back at like E3 like a year ago or whatever, they made it sound like PlayStation was really welcoming to indies, but I haven't looked up anything since they made that announcement. So mm. the the PS4, I mean, I get the feeling the PS4 is very um, supportive of indies because of how many indie games I'm hearing about that are coming out in the system. But then again, the games I'm hearing about are games I already knew. <laughs> Oh yeah, like like um, they're big names that are just porting to it. Yeah, um, don't starve and um, Minecraft. Is it something home? Go home or oh, something? Uh, mm. Gone like, home. Gone yeah. home. Yeah, it's like I've heard of those games and they're coming out for PS4. Where yeah, are like the games? Indie I games. They're like indie games that were about. that were indie games and now they're also going to be yeah. on PS4 if, after being on the if, PC. If the PS4 was so welcoming to indies, surely I would be hearing about all these indie games yeah. that aren't big names yeah. in the indie scene, you know. So oh. I, I don't I don't know how to read it because, of course, I don't have a PS4 or an Xbox One yet. Yeah, I mean, but you also have to... I'm waiting until they're affordable. You also have to keep <laughs> in mind that, like, for indies who are just getting into developing, you know, are they going to take a chance on something that's new? And also the people who... You know, they have to learn the system, they have to learn all the little quirks, they have to go through all the development hoops to get a game on. Whereas with mm. an existing game, it's easier to say, okay, we have the working game, let's just yeah. port it over, where 
you know already accomplished developers or whatever. Uh, How hard is a port in a different situation? Because it feels like it feels like it should be something like in the scope of a video game company that like builds games from scratch. That a port should be pretty easy. But I don't know. Sometimes it's weird. Like apparently, I, I don't Yoshi's know because... Island or it's the Game Boy. They had to change the sounds because there was something incompatible with the um, Super Nintendo sound chip and the Game Boy Advance sound chip. But it was okay with the Nintendo 64 sounds. So they used Yoshi's story sounds. I'm not sure because with with some games, the way they're developed, there will be like a platform that the game is then built for inside like that game, like the game engine would be built in a certain way that it would take a game, like a giant game file, and that way the game would be intact, but you'd write a different loader for it for the different platforms. But then there's other games where the way they're coded, they're coded directly to talk to a particular platform. So I think the ease of porting it depends on how the game was built to begin with. Yeah. Am, am I right in saying that? Yeah, because what I was going to say is, like, I I really enjoy reading about the technical specifics of, like, the Super Nintendo or whatever. I was actually just recently reading about the odd weirdo programming stuff required for Nintendo 64 because they made a console for 3D, but they were also like, what is 3D? <laughs> like, they didn't really know at the time, you know? And, you know, just in my head, I've got this picture of, like, um, the, the great thinker <laughs> statue just there looking into space. And then just Andros's face from Star Wing, Star Fox, yes. comes towards him. It's just like, what is 3D? Is this 3D? Well, Like, that image came to mind when you said that. It's like pondering life's biggest question. What is 3D? Yeah. To be or not to be 3D. I mean, because I guess they had all these, like, they had these ideas of how the developers would make stuff for 3D. And then basically the developers came along and they were like, well, what we need isn't this. <laughs> and I was reading about, like, the weirdo stuff that they would do because uh, I don't know if you know anything about... Like the, uh, you know, the Super FX chip for the Super Nintendo, right? Like, mm -hmm. do you know anything about, like... Yeah, that's what you... But you would put it in the cartridge. Yeah, okay, and that's the thing, is, okay, you could do all this crazy stuff with a cartridge, and I guess they did stuff like that for the original Nintendo, where they would, like, expand the sound system to include more, like, Yeah, I, I think um, Sunsoft did, save did files. that quite a lot with... Um, Sunsoft did the sound thing with Gimmick and with Batman, they... Added extra sound. Yeah, and but like you channels. also had um, you also had save. That's how they had save files. Yeah, save files were a cartridge. Mm. So you know, instead of saving it to your console like you do nowadays, you it would save on the game. So if you took your physical cart yeah. and put it in another system, then yeah, it would. Save. But nowadays, it's if you take a game. So like the thing is now the difference is is that. If you rent a game now... Yeah, you don't get to um, see what the end rent, of the game is. Right, you don't get to start <laughs> at the end of the game. But also, if you rent a game, then return it, and then rent it again later, nowadays you can pick up where you left oh, off. Oh, that's a good point. Because I do remember playing a number of games that I was like, oh, they're saved at the end, it's so weird, I don't know where I am. And this, I mean, 
this still happens with some games, like um, like unhand unhandhelds. Yeah. Since they don't use discs. Well, even now with um Vita, they save to your system, even though it comes on a little SD card. All it really does is it just says, "Yeah, I'm saving data to your console." Well, uh, it's like, what's the point in even the card anymore? And it's annoying because they've done that deliberately to wean out cartridges and to wean out cards. Well, they, uh, what is it? Oh, okay. They basically could put, like, tiny processors on the cartridges to, like, do extra processing and stuff. And they would have, mm. like, that's why, you know, Stun Race FX and Star Fox and stuff could do 3D on the Super Nintendo was because they had yeah. these little, like, math coprocessors that would do the 3D mm. co- you know stuff. And uh, that's how they worked around some of the issues for the Nintendo 64, because the Nintendo 64, like, they had all these weird separate memory slots that were like, even though it has a total memory of this much, this much is reserved for textures, this much is reserved for, like, mm. polygon stuff. And... I just find it really interesting reading about those differences because, like you were saying, doing a port back then, if you wanted to have a game that was, like, targeted at the Super Nintendo that was, like, making use of Mode 7 and stuff, and then you want to move it to the Genesis, like, how do you emulate Mode 7-esque stuff? Yeah, a lot of that you couldn't because of the the way the chips in the console were actually made. But, uh, I mean, I, I don't think I've really played anything on Mega Drive that is in the same vein as Mode 7. Yeah. Like, I, I can't think of anything where they've stretched a bitmap out to create a 3D effect. I, nothing springs to mind. I mean, there's games where they've scaled sprites, but yeah. the, the further away the sprite is, they use a smaller sprite. Yeah. Whereas with the Super FX chip in general, or just in general, what the Super Nintendo could do. They didn't necessarily need to use smaller sprites further away for some of those effects. I'm just thinking... Uh, oh, no, sorry, I just looked up a screenshot, because I was thinking about uh, Echo the Dolphin, because didn't Echo 2 have some sort of, like, you were going through hoops into the screen? Yeah, uh, but... Um, but that, the the way they did that was just larger or smaller versions of the sprites yeah, well, to create the effect of 3D. It was kind of like how they had like racing games on the Atari. Like it's just weird to think of a racing game from behind the car like on the Atari when it didn't have any like there was absolutely no 3D, you know, like how did they do that? Mm. But uh no, again, going back to the whole deal of porting, these days like I know there are differences, but they're so far hidden from the developer that they probably don't make a huge difference. It's more like, well, we need to convert all of the formats over for these uh, textures, and then because we did the conversion, we need to like keep in mind that on this system, there's like you know three fourths the memory for textures or whatever. You know, just keeping track of specifics or like, well, it has slower throughput, so when we made the textures larger by converting them, it's going to be slower to load, so we actually need to, like, tone things down a bit. It's not as big of a deal as, like, I literally cannot perform this operation on the system. 
But there's like, you know, you've also got cross-platform games, like games that are made to be on multiple systems. Yeah. Well, there you. It's always interesting. It's interesting sometimes how they cut corners. Like, um, like I have this one game, um, that I have. It's called um, what is it? It's like Tyson the Tasmanian Tiger. Okay. Or something. It's like a. It's like a very Crash Bandicoot, Banjo Kazooie, like trying to be that style of game. Yeah. Um, and but what they do is like they'll say stuff like, in order to you know swim underwater, press the jump button, and then, like, on the text that is going by as the voice acting is happening, it'll say, like, in parentheses, A. Yeah. Like, and they'll show a picture of the A. It's like, you know, how hard really would it have been to record different things for the three different consoles oh. that you were going to send out to? Yeah. Like, would that really have been that big of a deal? Yeah. And easier to remember, I would think. I don't know, uh... Sometimes they're just lazy, or sometimes they like specifically ported something out of that the last minute. They were like, "Oh yeah," so I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe I think sometimes voice actors are paid by the word. So maybe it's just like no, but it is because like that was a problem in um in Dragon Ball Z dubbing is that um a lot of the times actors weren't being paid for all the screaming they had to do because they weren't ca- those weren't counted as words. <laughs> okay. And Dragon Ball Z, like the original dub, which was had all of that um, stalling in it, to so that the guy could write the comic, so that they could, yeah 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 they could do that. Um, so there was a lot of screaming, <laughs> and it was a it was a lot of hard work for a voice actor, and you wouldn't get paid for it because it was all screaming. Interesting. So that apparently was like a problem back in the day. I don't know a whole lot about it. That just seems so weird, like. Paid by the word. I mean, it's it's. I I guess it makes sense. I mean, yeah. like how else? Because they'll like you know they come in and just do it like all at once. Yeah, interesting. Like they usually. I think it's. I think it's usually over the course of like a maybe not a week, but it's not a very long time. Yeah. And they'll just go to a recording studio and just do it and just record, um, especially with dubbing when there's when everything's already made. It's it's the reverse of radio DJs. Like, originally, when radio was starting out, you know, like, consumer radio listening, playing songs, they would only have to pay for the amount of the record that wasn't being spoken on, which is where the whole idea of speaking over the intro of the record hmm. came in. It's, it's like the opposite of that. Instead of paying for the amount you're not speaking... You're instead paying for the amount that is being spoken with this voice acting. So it it seems weird to a certain extent that screaming isn't considered. <laughs> I don't know if that's when, I don't know if that's changed since then. I think there well, was it's, there might be a just, change in policy now. That was short, surely screaming is harsher and harder on the voice than just speaking. <laughs> I mean, I I'd consider screaming worth two words, maybe three words, yeah. perhaps. Well, it depends on how long the scream goes, because it would be like 10-second screams. Yeah. Have you ever had to scream for that long? It's horrible. <laughs> it's, it, you could, talking, even like, you know, I mean, I'm sure you know, because you've done Let's Plays and stuff, but like, if you just talking, like, if you do something where it's just you talking for a really long time, it's surprisingly straining on your voice. Oh, like, yeah. Even if it's just normal talking, mm. you'll be like, ah. I need some water because 
like I've I have a friend and sometimes we'll just get together and play video games and record it and it's more for ourselves than for like first of all they're not usually that good but uh, she just likes she just likes to be able to go back and watch them and I figure you know what maybe some other people enjoy it so I post them on my channel but like it's surprising like after a couple like after like maybe an hour we're like I need to go get something to drink a lot <laughs> and you just yeah. feel like you've been talking normal. When I was doing um, Neo, which I've never finished and probably never will finish as a Let's Play, I mean, I've beaten the game multiple times. But while I was doing that, there was one part of the game where it turns into a text based adventure game. <laughs> and I recorded that episode and my throat was so dry at the end. And I was also doing the character impersonation. So when the book was supposed to be talking, I was going oh, but I'm the book and I speak like this. <laughs> and it was just killing my throat. And I lost that episode. I lost the recording for that episode. Oh. So I know that if I ever return to it, I've got an hour of reading text. <laughs> oh. That's always the worst when you've, like, recorded something and then you lose the recording and you're just like, how can I even, like, there's that, there's that barrier of I already did this. How am I going to motivate myself to do yeah. it again? Oh yeah, absolutely. I've I've come across that multiple times when when it comes to video editing and just in general. If I if I'm editing a video and I think, oh, that take isn't very good, I then have to convince myself, plug in the microphone, re-record the take. But I've already spoken this once. Re-record the take, Matt. <laughs> if you don't, Even... it's going to sound really bad and you're going to look stupid. But yeah, Matthew, bye, uh... shut up, do it. <laughs> Okay. My uh, my channel is devoted to just me singing, so like I'll do I'll like record once and I'll be like, well this is bad, and then I do it again. I'm like, uh, this is even worse. And then I go, do I really want to do it again, or am I just done? <laughs> <laughs> like like even when I'm doing like I read off a I've read off a script. I've had scripts for my two review videos that I did a while back. I haven't had time to do anything else because school is ending, and that's just a whole big debacle. But it's surprising, like, how much I have to convince myself to say, all right, look, read it at least three times. Like, I know you felt like the first two times would be okay, but just read it a third time. Or sometimes I'll just read it once, and then I'll go back in editing. It's like, I should have said that many times. <laughs> that, mm. first, that one take did not sound good at all. I left a mistake in a video I did recently. I was in the editing stage, and I had time to fix it. I thought... No, but then I think about it. I mentioned the melting clocks, and I said it was a Picasso painting. It's a Dali painting. And I know that just some art buff is going to watch the video and go, well, I say he said it was a Picasso painting. Well, I am not going to share this on my blog full of people who love video games and video game videos. Forget it. He can go without it. He doesn't even know the difference. What, what an uneducated swine. <laughs> Can't oh, I do say Bartholomew. Can't you just, like, put an annotation? Person. Can't you just put, like, a YouTube annotation if nothing else? I, d I would, but then I think, well, hold on. Now I know that mistake's there. What if I leave it in to mess with people? <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to tell them that you did it on purpose? Yeah. And they will believe, they'll the all only believe people, you. The only people who will know the truth are the people who listen to this podcast. Oh. So... All of about three people besides us will not. Yeah. Ooh. 
That, that felt really evil. I, I have to, I have to flagellate myself now. Yikes! Excuse. <laughs> that doesn't sound pleasant. It's not. It... How does that even work? What? Like, how do you like whip yourself? <laughs> it was a terrific blow. <clears throat> Critical hit. <laughs> like. Super effective. I mean, we've we've been doing this for two and a half hours. Should we? Nah. Yeah? <laughs> maybe maybe I can have podcast seventy three and a half, like halfway through the month, cut it into two. Well, we did actually talk about a lot of stuff. I mean, that's that's mind blowing. I've been on podcasts before, and every <laughs> ten minutes has been you going video game. Yes, it's true. <laughs> what what so do you it's... mean I don't sound twenty eight? <laughs> Thank you. I said, I said you don't sound eighty. What was it? Oh, eighty-six. I was making a joke. You oh. said nineteen eighty-six. I said you don't sound eighty-six. Okay. Sorry. Oh, sorry. For some reason, in my mind, I just automatically <laughs> translated that to mean that you didn't think I was twenty-eight. No, 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 no. That I don't sound. That you 86. don't sound eighty-six. God, you yeah. did say that. That was the joke. I, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> So game cola, we understand jokes. Yeah, the Nintendo 64. I still don't understand the point of the GameCube. Like, I have this weird, like, I didn't own a Nintendo 64, and I didn't own a GameCube, and like, I sort of, I only owned a PlayStation in that era. And after the PlayStation 3 and the Wii came out, is when I bought it, bought a PlayStation 2. So there's this whole like area that I just don't really understand. I know one technical specification fact about the GameCube, and it may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that the textures on the system are eight times compressed. Okay. So uh, the texture is eight times smaller than it would be when it's expanded and used in memory. Mm. But that's the only technical specification fact about the GameCube. What does that mean in terms of how everything looks? Uh... Well, well, I find that visually, GameCube games look great. At least the first party titles do. Yeah, you can like there's that there's a little bit of fidelity that you can kind of notice with GameCube games, but in general, they they don't look bad, and it's some, definitely something like they don't look dated that much. When, really, when I compare, when I look at GameCube, PlayStation Two, and Xbox like next to each other, GameCube does tend to look better, but if you've got an Xbox and you've got VGA output on your Xbox, then it looks so much better than GameCube and PS2. <laughs> I, st- I still think the Dreamcast looks great, even though it's, you know, like, overrated console. Um, <laughs> I still I still think the games on Dreamcast look great, like, visually. All I remember is being very confused about how you would hook it up to the internet. That, like, someone was <laughs> trying to tell me that they would play Fantasy Star Online... And, like, I would get very confused, number one, because they kept saying PSO. And I was like, yeah. PlayStation 1? <laughs> and then they were like, no, ugh, idiot, I'm playing Fantasy Star Online. And I'm like, internet. Fantasy Star with a PH? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you didn't know? You don't know about Fantasy I, Star? I've I heard of Fantasy um, Star, but I don't, I didn't remember the whole PH thing, but that does sound familiar now. I remember the whole internet thing. I just. I didn't I, know it was spelled fantasy. <laughs> I never used my Dreamcast online ever, 
and I never played Fantasy Star Online in any of its forms, GameCube or or the PC version. I've never, ever played those games, and I've never used the online on the Dreamcast. To me, it just felt tacked on, (laughs) like it was a, oh, look what we can do. And I think that's what the Dreamcast was like as a system, was... (laughs) Oh, play, look what we can do. Play little video we games can do on the controller. Yeah. Oh, look, you can take your memory card with you and play Chow Adventure. You can feed your Chow lots of lots of fruits and then take it back to Sonic Adventure and it can win races. It's like, or you can just play games on your console. <laughs> I think it's weird that Nintendo has kind of just gone back to... Like, they talk about how all their ideas are new, quotation marks, but honestly, they just go back to old stuff that didn't work the first time (laughs) and make it work. Like, um, except maybe, like, you know, you've got the Dreamcast with the the games you can play on the controller, and now you've got the Wii U gamepad. You've got um, motion controls where they did stuff with motion controls before. Power gloves. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and it didn't work, but then they came out with Emo and it worked to an extent. Um, then what was the... Did I, say, did I say Virtual Boy and 3DS? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I still don't I know. Mean, I can't tell if it would be a really good idea or a really bad idea to make Virtual Boy games for the 3DS. <laughs> like, port them. Now, you see, there are so many people asking for Virtual Boy games on the 3DS Virtual Console. <laughs> I would say... Don't port them over. Don't make like the Virtual Boy emulator for the for the 3DS and port the games over. Don't do that. If you're gonna release a Virtual uh, Virtual Boy game on the Virtual Console, remake the game so you're not staring at black and red. You're staring at actually decent looking visuals. Yawn. Why, why yawn? Okay, actually, okay, Matt Jonas, have you have <laughs> you played any of my game yet? No, I haven't yet played any of Pete Zarian's yes. The New Game by Alex Jedrzak. Yes. Did I say it yes. right? Yes. Uh, I, I, awesome. For development, I generally just go by The Jetty, though. Japan New man. Game by The Jetty. Yes, exactly. Uh, okay, because the thing is... Uh, oh, that's right, because you're on your uh, I, 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 I device. I'm assuming, because... Um, you did the same for Star Runner. I'm assuming that your game is using the the Game Boy visual style, the um, yeah, the green and um, dark green. Okay, but here's the thing: is that I've added a function where you can change the colors, and mm-hmm. uh, you have there's currently four sets: there's original, virtual, pocket, and cool ranch. <laughs> and it's you know original is green. Pocket is gray, Cool Ranch is blue, which I think looks pretty cool, mm. and then Virtual. Cool, cool Ranch is in the Doritos flavor. Because it comes in a blue bag. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I thought. That's what that's I thought. Deep. That's deep, Daddy. I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, okay. There is a bit of a story. That speaks to me on just a level. That there, there is a... It's blue because it comes in a blue bag. Thank you, Joe. There is a bit of a story behind this, is that during the development of my, like, previous game that actually was never released, before, like, okay, between Star Runner and Pizzerian, I was working on Foretold Heroes, which was, like, an RPG. Yes, I, I remember you posting about that on your Tumblr. Yes, indeed. And mm. I was trying to come up with names of items, and it was, like, four in the morning, and I'm sitting here, like, I need... Uh, 
the green potions like a blue like like cool blue is that cool cool ranch i need a cool ranch potion this is what i need <laughs> like and i'm like you know maybe i should go to sleep <laughs> but then i was here i don't know it could be the perfect product placement <laughs> you get cool ranch flavor potion yeah like if i could i mean there is the picture of me uh, imitating Jeff Keeley sitting next to a pile of Doritos and Mountain Dew. <laughs> but... Oh, that picture, that picture. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so yes, the, the point is, though, is that there is, and, it, and I can't stand playing it for more than, like, a couple of minutes, there is virtual mode, which is all done in various shades of blinding red. <laughs> so. Oh, man, I... I, I just hate visually that the virtual console, uh, that not virtual console, virtual boy color scheme, yeah. the, the red and the black. Like the majority of virtual boy emulators that exist, they use a more purpley color to like create the effect of what the two screens would look like together. Yeah. So. <clears throat> oh, is there, were they different colors? Like, I've never actually uh, used one. No, no, I think just the emulators use, like, a purple so it's easier on the eyes okay. than two reds. Yeah. And I, I just think, I don't know, could I really play a game that looked like that for for half an hour or longer? Probably not. <laughs> the, um, that game, that GTA clone, 8-bit, um, Retro City Rampage... It has a color setting for Virtual Boy colors, and it's horrible. It does my eyes in to play that for more than five seconds with that mode on. I did to play with the full color mode, and the same thing would just make more sense to me with uh, Virtual Boy games. If Nintendo released them on 3DS with 3D support, release them in full color. But I still feel like they want to like just pretend like that never existed. <laughs> I don't know if they. I don't know if they, like Whoa. from like a marketing standpoint. I don't know if this is actually true, but I feel like I would hear market marketers say like, "No, that was a failure. We don't reference that. We don't talk about that." Well, it's it's funny because um, connecting it right back to what we were talking about at the start of this podcast yes um when i mentioned tomodachi life on the 3ds there was a scene in the nintendo direct where they showed a bunch of me characters dancing around a virtual boy (laughs) and the text in the text box was saying all hail the virtual boy all (laughs) hail the virtual boy (laughs) so i i think Nintendo perhaps have have come to terms with the Virtual Boy now. It might have been long enough that they can kind of yeah. It's the the hurt the hurt is gone and they can finally move on. Perhaps it is right? it is referenced every once in a while. Like in Super Paper Mario, there's a character that's like this lizard nerd, this <laughs> chameleon nerd, and you can go into like one of his rooms and he's got a whole bunch of Nintendo stuff and he's got like a Virtual Boy up on the shelf with, like, all the other systems. Nintendo could be coming to terms with the Virtual Boy, or they could be deluding themselves and thinking that the Virtual Boy is God. (laughs) And they're now worshipping the Virtual Boy in reality, and all their future design decisions. Yes, we will make the Virtual 
U, which is a Wii U with a headset in blinding red and black visuals. Yes. I I don't know if I could um, live in a world where such a thing existed. That's the worrying thing. It's because you always hear about this thing about how, um, uh, what is it? Like Nintendo could, with how much money Nintendo's amassed, they could stand to be like, only produce complete failures for like 40 years. And you're like, that's a lot of power. (laughs) No one man should have all that power. That's a lot of power to make the, like the worst and weirdest stuff you could possibly make, and everyone would pay attention to it. And it looks like they're starting with Tom Dachi life. <laughs> uh, seriously, I had I had lost my 3DS since halfway through January this year, and I I found it, and instead of thinking, oh, I can't wait for Smash Brothers, or oh, I can't wait for Kirby Triple Deluxe, or any of these other titles coming out this year, I thought. Now I can get Tomodachi Life. <laughs> it's just uh, I don't know. Like it, I've I've got. It's moved me. It's moved me to tears. No other game has. It is truly the future of modern engineering, and I have not been paid by Nintendo in any way to say this, but I, I think I think it may be uh, the the biggest and best game ever made, <laughs> ever. It's interesting how I think console gaming, and maybe, I don't know, maybe this isn't completely right, but it feels like since, like, the idea of the indie scene on PC has gotten to a point where, like, it's pretty viable. Yeah. It's, it's like the consoles have sort of moved into sort of this big third-party AAA is kind of all you get there, and then mm. smaller stuff and indie stuff will end up on PC. And so the 3DS has good games, but they're pretty much all like like my fa- my the games I like on it most are Pokemon and then Kid Icarus. Mm. Those are those are the ones I'll yeah keep mostly back mostly to. first or second party. Yeah, I mean I would say that that's true for 3DS for me, but today I started playing Rhythm Thief for the first time, and that was produced by Sega. And it's quite possibly the best 3DS game I've ever played. What is it called? Rhythm Thief. Hmm. It's basically let's take Professor let's take Professor Layton, put rhythm action in it, and set it in France. You are a thief who steals artworks that have like an Illuminati style symbol on them <laughs> to try and get to the truth of why his father disappeared. Hmm. Does it remind him of a puzzle? Okay. No. <laughs> I I looked up I looked up stuff about uh the third game, uh the sixth game technically uh for Professor Layton, and I was just laughing hysterically because all of it was so weird. It was great. I played I played halfway through one Professor Layton game, and I yeah, still, the only reason I stopped was well for me the only reason I stopped was um it accidentally got washed. <laughs> So I couldn't play it anymore. <laughs> I I stopped playing Layton when I had a puzzle that was like, how many times can this number appear in the 24-hour clock? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's six times, I'm pretty sure. And then it's like, 28 times, and here's why. I'm like, no, I quit <laughs> too much. The one I got oh, stuck on, I got stuck on one puzzle that was like, take the longest path to get to here. 
and I like I followed it like I did it like a bajillion times and I like I got all the clues and it was the clues were like stuff like take the longest path and you'll win. Why are we taking the longest path? Because it was the that was the puzzles like you had a whole bunch of different courses. You can put the puzzle. That's stupid. Why would you want to do that? (laughs) But it's and so but like it I couldn't get it and so I just had to stop. But it was funny because like early on in the game like. You could do it, and it's like, eh, I give up on this puzzle. And the man, and the character that you like need to get information from, but they say do this puzzle first. The character would be like, oh, I'll give you the information anyway, whatever. <laughs> but then, like, it was that one puzzle that was like the first puzzle that I was like stuck, stuck on, yeah. and they didn't let me. I couldn't just skip it. Could you just? I, like, I remember. I remember puzzle agent being like that. It's like, give me a hint. Here's your hint. Well, that isn't helpful. Give me another hint. No, <laughs> another hint. Yeah, useless. And I just had to keep guessing answers until it said, yes, it's correct, and here's why. I'm like, thanks. But I feel like it would be if, if the it, – it depends, I guess. And I feel like the quality of a Professor Layton game could vary drastically just based on how much, how well the puzzles are. Because it's, it's, a, it's a fun concept, and, you know, like the, the style of the game is interesting, but it just depends on which individual puzzles that you get to. But it's fun. It was funny sometimes how they would justify like like you would be going up to this door, like this old abandoned mansion, and, and then there was this thing. It was like, wait, like a voice comes from somewhere you hear. It's like, wait, must have completed 150 puzzles to move on into this mansion. Like, oh, Before we okay. can enter this front door, I am reminded of a previous front door, which reminds me of a puzzle about front doors. Here, Luke, you must complete this front door puzzle. Cheers. Thanks, Leighton. You won't even let me continue until I have answered your stupid puzzle. Okay, how many times does this number appear in the 24-hour clock? All right, done. That's like one of the first few puzzles in the first game, I believe. Isn't that? I think so, because my friend just got it. I'm just thinking about when uh, when I was playing Crystalis and I tried to go into the mountains and it's like, you're not powerful enough to go in here. And so I like spent a couple hours like leveling up and it was still like, you're not powerful enough to go in here. And then I realized that I was actually supposed to do like a story event. <laughs> and so basically... So they didn't mean you were actually not physically powerful enough. You were not... It, powerful enough in wisdom. Yeah, or something. Like, uh, <laughs> something. Powerful oh, that's, enough. That's just ridiculous. Story. I, w- I wish it would just say, you're not supposed to go here yet. At least that's, like, straightforward. It's like, okay, fine. Or they could have done something that was like, ooh, the bridge is down. you got to wait for us to build it. <laughs> so that at least I would have known, like, okay, uh, I have to wait for a story event until after that. It's like, oh, we we got to wait for the old guy in the road to have his cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. Or he'll get up. Yeah. Well, that was a that was a problem in I think black yeah. and white Pokemon. Re- really, they brought it back in black and white because that was in the original red and blue. Oh, I, I haven't had my coffee. I can't move from the road. Right, yet. but um, but what what they did was usually it was in in Pokemon games. What impedes your progress is either a story event or an HM that mm. that you need. So you'll yeah. need to beat this gym to keep moving. And the gems are known for giving you the ability to use HMs outside of battle, and so you can you know move a rock that's in your way. Yeah. But in black and white, what they tried to do was make it so that HMs weren't required for anything. 
So what? you could, you could, they were helpful, but then the idea, I guess, would be that you didn't have to have a dedicated HM Pokemon with you all the time. Ah, no HM but, slave in your party. Right, but you all, but the problem became that you always just ran into these arbitrary people who just wouldn't let you go. <laughs> and it's very, uh, it was just like this constant barrage of, no, you can't go here because of reasons. Yeah, there were a few of those in X and Y as well. Right, People are just they, like, oh, no, no, you haven't gone to the gym yet. You should go to the gym. Or so, like when they say nice. the power's out in the second half of, what is it called? What's the name of the big city again? Uh, Luminos. Luminos. Like they say yeah. the power's off, but if you go there at nighttime, you can clearly you see, can see the lights, the lights on. on. Yeah. <laughs> that was so ridiculous. Yeah. Oh. My sister, uh, when she she played uh, the first Monkey Island game after I told her she should, and um, she had a problem where she couldn't get past something because she had to do it in order, and she was really upset because she hates having to do things in order, and so she just stopped playing forever. <laughs> She's just like, yeah, I'm not playing that game ever again. I'm like, why not? Because I have to do things in order. I'm like, no, you don't. She's like, well, it told me I had to. And the thing, it's funny because you actually don't have to do things in order. <laughs> There are there are a couple of puzzles maybe in in every other adventure game a couple of puzzles where there's an order but usually you can just try item on thing until you get success. Yeah, I think the only the, the biggest problem was that I told her she should play it and so she just gave up because she doesn't. Uh, like yeah. I tell her she should too. <laughs> yeah, quite often people will suggest why don't you try a thing? I'm like yeah sure, don't like it. <laughs> I mean that happens so so often with me where where people suggest things to me. I'm like, yeah, don't like it. You haven't even tried it yet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what she does to me, and it pisses me off. <laughs> but but recently I had a suggestion. Why don't you try this? It's like okay, and then I liked it so much I did a video on it, which is which is very unusual. But it's like wow, I actually liked this old Famicom game so much that you know screw it. I'm going to do a video on it right now. What was it? A time zone. Time zone. It's it's a platformer where you where you're a boy with a baseball cap and you throw it like a frisbee. <laughs> okay. Does it come back to you, or do you get like? Yes, a new yes, it comes cap? back to you. So it's more like a boomerang. Yes, oh. I suppose, but um, I I had to use more than one um projectile in my review not to sound boring, so I used frisbee hat, <laughs> and um. I think I called it a, a boomerang baseball cap as well. Yes, it is more like a boomerang, I suppose. But but d- depending on the amount of wind, I'm sure a frisbee could fly back and hit you in the face. That's a good Probably. point. Probably. In a wind tunnel, maybe. It would have to. It would have to have a lot of up. You'd have to like throw it up, and then it kind of swoops back down. But then again, what kind of idiot goes to a wind tunnel and says, "You know what? I'm going to answer this question once and for all. If I throw a frisbee in a wind tunnel, will it come back to me?" I would do it. It's like, wait, you are paying your, like, fee to rent out a wind tunnel for an hour to test that theory. You're not going to use the wind tunnel for something cool. Like, i got rockets on the back of my car. Let's see how fast I can go <sighs> through the wind tunnel. Come on. Wondering, like, what happens, what happens if you just, like, is a wind tunnel, like, a circle, usually? No, it's like a long tube, and the wind goes through it one way really fast. So what? So what are you? Are you supposed to 
like tie yourself to something or like what do you do? <laughs> what you, like what do you do in a wind tunnel? I don't know. It's it's probably the equivalent to like when when you stick your head out of a car window and you're like, oh, this is amazing. The wind's going through my hair and it's making my face melt. You know, it's probably right. the equivalent of that. But like, what if it if it if it's so strong that it could like lift you? Like that's that sounds like a recipe for disaster. Well, like, I don't think they normally put people in wind tunnels. At least like <laughs> not not at, not at that like extreme of. Well, then how are you gonna throw the frisbee? <laughs> robot oh no what have i started (laughs) but okay i don't think you would need i don't think you would need like hurricane force winds to blow a frisbee back but i thought do you have like speeds on a wind tunnel like can you set it to like i don't even know what unit wind would be like miles per hour miles per hour probably not like can i would like um 200 kilowinds (laughs) <laughs> One mega wind. That that just sounds like like a buff in Pokemon. Like I'm gonna use a mega wind. Your flying Pokemon have now increased in skill. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. Like mega wind, some kind of RPG item. Hey, did anyone else get a thing from Diana and Michael? Oh, sorry, I just saw that. I'm very confused. I want to um. do a random hacky slash party. But I haven't ended the podcast yet. <laughs> I know. Let's start the next podcast. Well, okay, can I, can I... Let's do it. Well, Let's I do need it. To, I need to say, okay, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you everyone for being here. Uh, watch us on YouTube. Go to our Facebook. Go to our internet website, gamecold.net. We're on Twitter. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Did we just end it? The... <laughs> Wait, do I need to say that I came in? I, okay. Do I need to like be the introduction? My introduction. <laughs> you can because when you came in, I specifically said and Joseph Martin. So just go ahead and say, oh, okay. just go ahead and say who you are. Hi, I'm Joseph Martin, and I'm a staff writer, and I will be um very quiet for the first half of this podcast, and then suddenly become very talkative. <laughs> he did not come in in a uh, half an hour later. So yes, perfect. None will be the wiser. Well then. Uh, can yeah. I can I somehow wait? How do I? Can I can I drop this? How do I? Oh, how do I live? Oh, wait, they're how not. Do I don't I think they're ready yet. I don't care. Without you. Wait. Uh, oh, I used to know that song. <laughs> but I but I know the Homestuck version, not the the real one. Um, like it's slightly well, different. Person. What? What? How do I? Wait. Oh, sorry. I'm trying to think. The Nick Cage song, like, get through one night without you, if I had to live without you, what kind of life would that be? Oh, and I, wait, I need you in my arms, need you to hold. One of my starters. Sorry, I'm trying to remember how that even goes. If you ever leave, baby, that would take away everything real in my life. Sorry. There's like a that sounds vague. Yeah, that sounds vaguely like the original record. I guess. Yeah, like it, it. It's slightly different. And whenever I hear the real one played, I'm like, that sounds so weird because I only know about it because of Homestuck. I was gonna make a Homestuck reference earlier. Somebody said something, and now I can't remember what it was. I don't. I don't I... even know what Homestuck is. All I know is because I follow Anna on Tumblr, all I get is Homestuck stuff. Yes. <laughs> I tried, I did, and it's just that beginning barrier I, of, like, I, nothing happening. It's hard to happening. get into, because the first half is so, like, 
boring. I loved the first. The first I loved the first part, and then I didn't like it after that. Like, but it's just. It, it, I would be fine with the first part if I didn't have to like click and load a page and click and load a page and click and load a page because like my my internet like or my computer I don't know which mm-hmm. just like starts getting mad at me if I keep loading and loading things and it starts to take a while. So weird. And it's just like. I don't want to spend all this time just waiting for one panel of a comic to load. No, uh, for me, I really liked, like, I enjoyed the parts where he's like, I don't know how to use my Silidex. Like, the things just shot out the window. <laughs> that was funny. I like that. Like, and then, so, like, I'm getting really into all the, like, video game references, and then all of a sudden it's like, we're going to completely drop all of those, and it's suddenly going to be about the trolls, and, like... I kind of stopped caring for a while, but then it picked back up, and like right as it's picking back up, it's like, here are these other kids. And I'm like, uh, but then... That was so annoying, because then they stopped that and went to the intermission. Yeah. Oh my god, and then I was like, no, now I want to go back to them. What are you doing yeah, to yeah, me? Yeah, 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 like they just kept jumping around right when it was getting good. And yeah, it's like, it's here's the mayor of Cantown. I love the mayor. Joe and Matt have no clue what's going on. No, 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 that's good. That that means I can take a break. Yes. Are we doing? <sighs> are we doing whatever it's called? What's? Action slash. I might actually. What's? I might let you guys go on and do that. I might go after this. I think I will probably head off in a moment anyway, because it's like it's twenty past three a.m. <laughs> oh, <wow>. Yeah. <laughs> good night, Matt. <laughs> It's it's hardly night anymore. It's more like good morning. <laughs> good morning. Do you see the sun yet? Has the sun happened? Uh, no, curtains are shut. <laughs> okay. I don't think the sun will come up quite yet. Probably about five or six. Probably about five. It'll start rearing its ugly head. Hello. Good morning, everybody. It's just like, oh. no, go away. I, uh, I'm just remembering when I was in Canada for a while, uh... Blame Canada. Well, you have to remember, like, they're so far north that, like, in winter, the sun rises at, like, 10 a.m. and sets at, like, 4. Yeah. And, like, but in summer, it's the other way around, and it's, like, the sun only vaguely sets. It's set at, like, 10, like, 10.30. (laughs) And, like, then it's back up at, like, 4 a.m. There are parts of Norway that are plunged in darkness for more or less four or five months of the year, apart from, like, an hour of sunlight. And uh, they actually give away free UV lamps (laughs) to to citizens there because the... um, yeah. The rate of depression is so high. Yeah, well, I was gonna say everybody that. is so sad there. Yeah, seasonal affective disorder. I know about mm. like that's a thing. I yeah, about that oh, yeah, absolutely. I I suffer from it during the winter. Yeah, quite quite um strongly actually. Now I have a, a friend in Canada who I go up and visit sometimes, and she uh, suffers from that. Is it like a regional thing? Like, is it more pronounced in different areas of the world based on like climates and stuff? Well, I mean, it has to do with sunlight, like how much sunlight you get. Yeah. Like that's what he was saying about the UV lamps. Is that like, uh, oh, okay. Like you, it's a chemical thing, and although your body knows it isn't getting the vitamin D or whatever from the sun, at the same time it's going. Well, I think I'm getting sunlight, so I'm going to generate these these good feeling chemicals you get when you're in the sun. 
is like convincing the body to create those. Yeah, and uh, like it just sort of said, I guess that like they live in Canada, so like it's not like they can just move south. Like they're <laughs> kind of stuck. And I always felt bad for them. Video games. <laughs> yes, <laughs> video games. Absolutely. It's Whatever he said. <laughs> Truly splendiferous. I appear to be most talkative when I am extremely tired. <laughs> you do tend to show up on the podcast like the later it is. <laughs> That's uh, weird, isn't it? <laughs> or like, or like back when we did the Christmas live stream, yeah. And like, we were like talking, and it was like it was like two a.m. for us. So I don't know. It was probably like seven. Like, yeah, that that was about <laughs> five or six a.m. that I went to sleep. And it was, like, it had gotten to the point where, like, there were a couple of us just talking, and all of a sudden, like, we were, like, wrapping up, and I was like, Matt, are you still there? Because, like, you had been playing the game, but you, like, hadn't said anything for, like, an hour. (laughs) That was fun. (laughs) Playing that, uh, uh, Waterworld. Waterworld. Yes, Waterworld. It's, It's such a good game, though. What were you even doing? All I saw was, like, red blobs moving around. It doesn't even matter what it is at that point. It's just that that abstract um, experience. It's just it, it goes beyond like, reality, beyond feasible, understandable, tangible things, just into the realm of of just feeling. That's 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 what it becomes. Clearly, hmm. like all I remember was I think you were supposed to be on a raft, and then like people on jet skis came at you. Yeah. You have to shoot the people on jet skis and, and make sure the people in the water don't get That's hurt. right, there are people who are drowning or whatever. Yeah. And you don't have to save them, you can keep them there just drowning. Oh, but... You just have to make sure they don't get shot. <laughs> what? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Because they sort of save themselves at the end of the round, and then the round starts over anew. Oh, and you have to save the kid as well. Oh. You have to make sure the kid doesn't get shot, and if you do, you get a bonus. Congratulations. Yeah, it's a good game. I like it. I, I think it's probably one of the most solid games on Virtual Boy. <laughs> I mean, if if they said, yeah, we're going to re-release Waterworld on the virtual console of the 3DS, I'd be thinking, Grey, who's been smoking? <laughs> and then i think, hey, yeah, I'll get it. Yeah, I'll buy it day one. Yeah. <laughs> Pre, uh, pre-order. <laughs> well... What what I did with um, NES Remix 2 was um, when when it first was listed on the store as coming soon, I added it to my watch list. Yeah. And then the day it came out, I'm like, yep, it's the morning of this day. Load up the store, buy it. <laughs> Actually, uh, you were talking about how many games there are. That is a question that is on my like uh, my list of questions to post on Game Cola, the Facebook thing. What What do you mean? How many games there are? What? Oh, well, you're talking about how you have, like, 200 games that you've never played or whatever. Yeah. And one of the questions that I have to ask is, like, with the number of indie games and, like, you know, uh, foreign games that are being developed and all this, at what point is there literally too many games? I would argue that including other systems in the past, including retro that we have already surpassed what I would call too many games. Yeah. I mean, I I think we did that around about the time uh around about the time PS3 and Xbox 360 were around, I would say 
there is no way you could play every single one of these games in an average human lifetime. <laughs> yeah, and like I guess part of it is with all these indie games, there are a lot of them that like look interesting or good, and I'm just like, but do I want to spend like you know five or ten or twenty dollars on all of these games and then try to dedicate my life to like playing these games? <laughs> I don't know. It's sad because, like, they look good. Mm. They require more involvement than we have time for nowadays. That's why mobile gaming is able to get so big is because people need something that they can experience and then be done with. Yeah, mobile gaming is huge for that whole reason, for um, fire it up quickly, play a level. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's not really designed for those intense gaming bursts yet. Um, console games are still sort of really focused on the, the intense gaming session, there isn't really much in the way of casual. Even on Wii, you, you don't turn on your Wii to play two levels of a game and then turn it off. Yeah. Not unless they're really big levels. And, uh, wait, I had something that I was going to say and I don't remember what it was. Welcome to We've Been Podcasting for an hour, for two hours and 45 minutes. Three hours, Three, eight, eight, eight hours, minutes, hours, yeah. 39 uh, seconds. Bing. 49 for me. 51. My thing just says um two hours and thirty. It's because you didn't join in for a while. Yeah. What's, what's, I had to babysit, okay? That's Get fine, it. I'm just saying. I was actually playing video games. So Everybody wake up. Everybody stand up and do some stretches. Oh my gosh. One, two, three, and four. One, <laughs> Okay, I'm away. Okay. Well, what I was going to say is, in terms of indie games, we seem to be entering that weird, like, really late Super Nintendo, sort of like, mid-PlayStation era. Like, there was sort of a break after the PlayStation came out, but like, late Super Nintendo games started to get to the point where they were like, we know the system well enough, and we've done everything there is to do that are basics, so let's get into really weird, like... Uh, battle <laughs> systems and stuff and then playstation came around and they like we don't know what 3d is so <laughs> it took like a, a yeah. couple of years before they started getting into that and then you end up with games like chrono cross like or what was it vagrant story oh i, d- I did try to play vagrant story once that confused me it's like the battle system is like you have like a sphere comes out around you don't yeah, you? yeah, yeah. okay yes yes yeah, that is exactly as hell. and confusing because all that I remember is I got pretty far in the game, and I had this spear that, like, it had a really huge circle, and I was really good at timing, because it had that stupid system that was, like, if you tap it at the exact same second, you get a bonus hit, and you just keep going. And I could get, like, 68 hits, and I was just destroying <laughs> bosses. That sounds crazy. And... Uh, but the thing was, was that it finally got to the point where it wasn't doing anything, and I had to switch weapons, and I could not, for the life of me, get to work with another weapon. And but that's the thing that I'm like, indie games are getting to the point where you can't like, you have to have something to your game that's cool, and yeah, you have to do something different, basically, to stand out. Yeah. Because there are so many games. Yeah, exactly. And, like, it's turning into that sort of, like, mid-PlayStation, like, we're try- we're taking the same exact game, but we're tacking on this weirdo stupid system. And, uh, like, it's just kind of 
I don't know. There are some games that look good, and there are other ones that, like, they sound good in concept, but they seem very, like, I don't know. Like, not every game needs a crafting system, I'm sorry. Mm. But how will I make (laughs) pickaxe? Actually, uh, Magisite is a game that I guess is coming out on Steam, and uh, if you saw my post about, uh, I went to Indienomicon, a local indie development group thing uh posted about it on gamecola.net gaming outside the mainstream oh, i've heard of them i think <laughs> i've been there once or twice to post something but uh basically the yeah the developer was there like talking about his game and there were a lot of cool things and like i did like you would like pick up sticks and you would put two sticks together to make a plank and then like a plank plus another stick would make like a sword but two planks and something else would like make an axe I don't know, it seemed kind of neat, but then at the same time, I'm like, do I really care enough, like, would I rather play this game or just go to Minecraft, (laughs) you know? I I don't get the whole crafting thing. I mean, the kind of games I played when I was a kid, you wouldn't craft a pickaxe. You'd find a pickaxe. Yeah, and then you would... You'd pick a pickaxe up. Yeah, you would buy pickaxes, and then you would mine some ore, which you would then, you know, craft into something. I'm I'm saying more like Doom. Oh, I found a chainsaw. <laughs> Neat. Yeah, I, I'm talking like. You think I'm gonna? You think I'm gonna craft a chainsaw? I don't think I've ever thought crafting is anything other than tacked on in games. <laughs> and it's especially so in Dead Rising 2. It's like it was cool to begin with, but then I thought, what's what's the point of? Yeah, I get it. Nails, baseball bat, nail bat. Funny. Okay. <laughs> what's the actual point in this? Players. There's, like, one Flash game that's, like, basically, like, combine two things until you combine all the things. So, like, you combine, like, what is it? You combine, like, plant and water and you get marsh. You And then, like, you combine marsh and fire and you get, like, I don't know, soot. Sounds like the double feudal <laughs> games or whatever. And, like, you just keep going on and on until you can combine more things with more things. But not everything works, but you'll get stuff that's, like, um, I don't know. I can't I can't remember but, off the top of my head anymore. Okay, okay, uh, I do want to interject with more Homestuck, because there is, in, like, because they're playing a game called Spurb, and, like, part of it involves being able to, like, make stuff and you get little codes, and you make things out of it, and then you can take other items and, like, combine items and mix and match. And with every new character that gets into the game, they start flipping out with, like, oh, man, I'm going to take my iPhone and my sunglasses, and I'm going to make iPhone glasses. And then they, like, they just make some of the, like, the greatest things. He takes, like, a pogo stick and a hammer, like a sledgehammer and a pogo stick, and makes a pogo hammer... And then he puts, Whoa. then he puts like an iron together with that, like a like ironing your clothes iron. Yeah. And he makes like a pogo ironing <laughs> hammer. <laughs> There's some pretty good things. Like it is, and that's the thing is that like they have a lot of that early on, and then it kind of fades out, and I lose interest. And then I paid like twenty dollars to kickstart the game, and now I don't care about it. So, video games. Yes, they do have a... Well, they are making a Homestuck game, so it's about video games. So, video games that aren't about Homestuck. <laughs> Pizzerian. That's yeah, that, that that game looks pretty good, I must say. Yes, thank you. You know, that, that, dot, zip, that dot zip 
sitting on my computer looks awfully good. Sorry, and then Paul sent me another list of legitimate, like, issues with the game. And also, I just keep thinking, like, there are a few things, like, graphically, where, like, the mission ends or whatever, and it just has text that's just, like, the mission is over. And, like, I look at other games, and the thing is that most games are made not by programmers, but by designers and artists. Mm. So, like, my game, there are certain things that I'm, like, I probably should spend a little more time, like, making a fancy, like, you know, graphic for saying, hey, there's a boss battle coming instead of just having the boss show up. Warning, warning, boss is approaching. Yeah, so. Stats, it's weak point, that sort of thing. Yeah. Do a House of the Dead book comes up. Weak point is this. Thanks. Thanks, game. Uh. If you already know what this creature is, why, why is it in his book? If, if if the creature is just being introduced for the first time to the main character, what, why does the creature exist in the notebook? Can you explain it to me, House of the Dead, please? Can you explain it to me? Yeah. I did like... No. <laughs> I did like in uh, Breath of Fire games where, like, the first time you fight something, it just has a question mark, but then after you've killed it before, like, you know how much hit points it has. In Mario... What is it? Mario thousand year door you had um Roombella and you could use one of her turns as her as your partner you could use one of her turns to tell you um all the information about the enemy and if it was like an, a recurring enemy yeah. then you'd keep that information from battle to battle like, whoa that that's helped. good and then like you could you could do it for a boss but then if you didn't do it for a boss you could like and to the point, because, like, one of the sort of, like, 100% completion things you could do is get the page in the book for every single enemy. So what they did is if you didn't want to waste a turn on the boss figuring out what its health health was and stuff, you could go back to this one place and find those pages so that you could complete it in your book, hmm. which was nice of them. Yeah. I, I hate how you have to do it in the tells of games. Usually you have to get an item that's like a magnifying glass and waste a turn using that item on the enemy. Yeah, I was just thinking about, like, Final Fantasy 2, where they had this spell peak or whatever, or peep, sorry. (laughs) And it would tell you, like, the, uh, you know, weaknesses and how much hit points and stuff. But, like, when you're in the middle of a boss battle and you start out and you're like, I want to see what the boss's weakness is so, like, I can tell what spells to use. And you're, like, really in the middle of this battle... And then suddenly it just flashes by and it's like, oh, this, this is his name, this is his this is his name, it's like, wait, 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 I forgot that I even cast that like two minutes ago. One thing I did like about Final Fantasy VII was that after using the scan skill, if you had the, um, the little dialog box that comes up when you press select, if you had that enabled, you could see an updated health count for that boss or enemy. Oh. So you didn't have to scan again. Interesting. I mean, I did like that, but... Um, I'm not sure if that came back in for 8 or not. weird thing about Final Fantasy 8, though, was that you could cast Scan on your party members and get, like, the full information of what equipment <laughs> they have equipped and a bio for that character. Weird. Yeah. It's like, why would you let me scan my own party <laughs> member? And why would you go to the effort of giving me their backstory when I do <laughs> in a battle? Yeah. <laughs> but they added that in for some reason. I mean, in a way, it's kind of cool. Easter egg. Yeah, exactly. Like, maybe learn something about their parents or something. Speaking of Easter eggs... Hmm? 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 What? Did you say something? 
I was just going to say that we're having an amazing time trying to decide which fan fiction we should do. I wasn't paying I attention. I like how you and I are pretty, uh, you and I, Joe, are just like, yeah, let's do this one. And then Jeff's just like, I kind of want to do the other one. Oh, okay. If VLR is going to be, like, really story intensive. So. Yeah. Okay. Darn. I remember I, I did I, a hacks and slash once. I didn't even bother to listen to it back because it was really it was embarrassing. <laughs> it was great. I mean, did my you do this, you did the it. did you do the Sonic one? I think yeah, the was, Sonic one. Yeah. Were you with, with, darkest with the scene, part of the storm? With, with, with the scene ripped out of SpongeBob in the oh pistol. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I was dying because of that. Finally, just well, we discovered so dreadful, that. so dreadful. I made my friend listen to that after we finished it, and she she was laughing so hard. What I don't get is that most of these fan fictions tend to just be a bunch of kids messing about, and then that's it. It's it's fan fiction, and then we have to read it. It's horrible. I think this. All right, you 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 calling it off? Wait, can we? What can we make it to three thirty three thirty three? I can make it to that. I can make it to 3.33.33. How long is it until then? Uh, eight minutes. Yeah, sure. Okay. Sat back down. What are we going to talk about? Uh, Homestuck. I'm going to go get a food real quick. Homestuck. Just, just to bug you. What, what, what would you talk about? Homestuck. It's something I don't understand. Uh, we can talk about... Okay, so the original Famicom had a modem attachment and I just love the concept that in like 1987 or whatever what are you doing Anna? Nothing. <laughs> like, Sorry. But why would you go on the internet in like the late 80s? Because it's new and exciting. I heard you can get government conspiracies on there. <laughs> Aliens, the truth is out there. Actually, okay. Oh, wait, no. X-Files would have started that. There's there's another thing that I liked. Apparently, for the Super Nintendo, or, you know, for the Super Famicom, they had cartridges that you could take to, like, certain stores, and there was a little console there that you put it in, and you would get a new game. Yes. And just the concept of that, and I'm like, we missed out on that? Like, we think, I mean, you know, you live in Britain, but, like, we always think of America as, like, being such a great country. Like, yeah, we're Americans. We're, like, we're number one, USA, USA. And I'm like, I could have had video games that I took to a store and got a new game. We missed out. How have we lived? You know, N- Nintendo did a similar thing in China. Are, are you aware of the um, of the recently laxed, but um, the original laws on, like, consoles in China? Oh, yeah, I did hear about that. Nintendo, to get around it, created a system called the IQ, I-Q-U-E. Yeah. And basically, it's a handheld system that you can download N64 games onto. Okay. It's so, so cool. It's like one of the coolest things ever. You'd go to a store and you could download Ocarina of Time onto it. See, and like, I guess the thing is, is that I find that kind of stuff exciting. And then I realize that now those kinds of things are no longer feasible because we have, like, mobile devices. So, like, why would anyone mm. buy a console that can do what a phone does except that it doesn't make calls? Yeah, I mean, one thing that just seems weird to me is that the the Vita, to a certain extent, depending on the model you have, and um, 
the 3ds that they're not phones yeah also my ipad that my ipad has a microphone on it two cameras it runs all these applications that the iphone can but it's not an iphone yet surely the only thing stopping it is one small piece of equipment inside it and some software and well but then again like the n-gauge (laughs) <laughs> I bought an N-Gage once. Oh, wow. After the whole fad was over, like, you know what, I'm just going to download games onto it and play the N-Gage games yeah. because you know what, I want to play them. I managed to get one downloaded game to work, <laughs> and then the memory stick was stuck in the N-Gage and I couldn't get it out. Wow. Yeah. So I was stuck with Sonic N. <laughs> and do you want to know what Sonic N is? What is it? It's a really, really shoddy port of Sonic Advance and because you were expected to play it with the N-Gage up vertically okay. you can't see what you're running into oh yeah because until you run into it because you're going so fast yep. like yeah uh, so it's so yeah well you got you got three minutes four minutes four minutes Michael's asking before already. Oh, uh, right, hold him for me. Hold him off. We gotta make it to 333, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, put this into audacity the tracks are slightly off from what i heard originally and it's also very weird because generally i will say things before people respond to them or whatever like or someone i will respond to something before somebody said it like very slightly because i guess it's recording the tracks like mine comes across immediately but yours it waits for Ooh. oh so spooky or maybe, or rather, maybe it's because it records the two at the same time, I guess is the deal. Is that it waits to record mine until yours has been written. And so it puts mine... Do, 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 do. You have now confused me. This is, this is chicken and the egg, my friend. <laughs> Don't worry. Which came, which came first, my question or your response? Oh. Because, okay, there's so many times where I start laughing at something... And the joke hasn't been said yet. And I, I mean, I, f- I find myself laughing at things that haven't been said anyway. <laughs> We've only got two minutes. Come on, guys, we can do this. People that are in the in the Jackson slash are getting food anyways. Okay, good, good. We have plenty yeah, of time then. Clear. I can't see anymore because you removed me from the thing. Sadly, I wasn't paying attention anyway. Tomorrow I will load up my Animal Crossing town. For the first time properly since January when I lost my 3DS. Well, actually, since October when I stopped playing New Leaf. I suppose my townsfolk will be expecting lots of hugs and apology presents from me. You went on a sabbatical. I went on vacation to a faraway place known as Pokemon X and Y. <laughs> I, uh... Sorry, I was just thinking about like what kind of a guilt trip that is. Like, oh, you haven't been playing. I felt really bad. The immediacy that I load loaded the game up and my character was there with bedshevelled hair, like all over the place, and the the mailman come comes along and says, "You've got seventeen items of mail." It's like, okay. <laughs> well, because and, and then just townsfolk 
Um, I have a sheep who just said to me, I haven't seen you for a while. Have you been on vacation? The thing is, you must catch up sometime. And I'm thinking, I feel so bad. I feel so bad. I feel so bad. Okay. I used to have this like talking dog toy when I was like five. And all I remember about it was feeling so horrible because it talks. And then if you don't play with it for a while, it goes like, oh, I'm lonely. And then it like sits there for like the next like five minutes, like every 30 seconds, it'll just go, hmm. Like it sounds like a sad puppy. And I'm like, I'm five years old. I feel terrible. Oh, no. Oh, but wait, wait, wait. Three, two, one. Oh, 333, we're done. <laughs> that was it. We did it. We made it to 33333. Congratulations. Yay. But with the dead air silence removed and other things, it won't end up 33333. Yeah, especially being cut into two. They can't tell So, So actually, what was the point in even carrying it on this long? Who's going to know apart from us? Me. Apart from us. Bye, everyone. Bye. To our other podcast. Have fun, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Have See fun. ya. Of course I'm going to grip onto it and complain about it because it's something I don't understand. It's, it's new and weird to me and I don't like it.